Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive By. Welcome, welcome. I am Mike J. He is Mike Guest. We are the Mike's on Mike's. This is the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. And while both of us would love to wish a bon voyage to COVID-era wrestling, Mike, instead, we're going to wish a bon voyage to one Kyrie Zane. Oh, uh, what could have been? Yeah, you know, it's... It's interesting, you know, I see so much online. Oh, man, she had a terrible career. They fucked her over. They ruined... No, wait, time out. Okay. This chick came in and won the Mae Young Classic. I believe the first ever Mae Young Classic. Am I correct in that? Um, yeah, I think she did, actually, yeah. She won the NXT Championship. Okay. Then she came to the main roster for what? Like a year and a half, maybe two years tops. And while there was a two time women's tag team champion, the only title she didn't win in this company is a Raw or SmackDown women's championship, like the main belt. And she was on main roster for half her time, maybe, and on NXT for the other. Like, what the hell do you like? I, I can't. Like, we all remember that Stone Cold was on the roster for, what, three years, four years before he even sniffed the world title? Yeah, but you gotta understand, she came here like, this is the future of women's wrestling. Okay. Okay. I don't think Stone Cold had that hype. I'm not saying she failed. I'm not saying it was a fail. I'm saying what could have been should she had. Like, another couple years. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I I think the, the sad part of this is there's two parts. Uh, I don't think she had enough time, man. I, I mean, and if the reasons that she's leaving are are true and accurate, that she she got married recently and she wants to start a family and she wants to have a year in Japan as a farewell tour, I totally get all of that, right? But, man, I just feel like, I feel as a selfish wrestling fan that we're being deprived of what, as you said, what could have been. And that's, that's not the evil Vince McMahon's fault. That's not the evil corporate WWE. That's, uh, Kyrie Zane leaving. And from everything I've heard, they tried and tried and tried to talk her into staying. So, and, and on that note, Mike, I've never seen, I don't know how much attention you were paying to social media this week, I've never seen a star leave a company and have, I mean, I want to say almost every single star that's in the company still, like, say how much they love her and are going to miss her and wish her luck, publicly on social media. That's been very impressive, how everyone has just, like, Yo, really wish you weren't leaving. She must be a spectacular human being, is all I can think. An amazing human. 
She has to be, because no one does this. This never happens. And even the company, again, cementing the fact that they didn't want her to leave, putting out a little special thank you to her and wishing her luck, and herself, like, saying the things that she said. She didn't have a bad time here, guys. Quite the opposite from the way she's wording it. It sounds like she had an amazing time in this horrible, terrible company that is just the worst place ever to work in America. She's just homesick. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that we are totally going to run into with some of these Japanese stars. Uh, I think even more with the Japanese, and I could be out on the limb here, I have to think, like, with the UK stars, you know, the people from England and Ireland... I'm guessing it's not a whole big culture shock to come to America, but I have to imagine going from Japan to America is a quite a bit different. I would say. And, and if she's homesick, she wants to be with her husband, I totally get it. And it sucks that she's leaving, but, you know, as always, we hope that she does very, very well in what she wants to do. If she's doing a year in Japan, awesome. I hope I get to see some of those matches. And then I hope that she has success in starting the family that she wants to start. It sucks that we don't get to see more of her. I love the Kabuki Warriors. I know people said that was a downgrade for her. Again, she's working with Asuka, one of the top females in the company. And I I know people say that she's ruined too. It's bullshit. She's... I don't know how you can have someone hold almost every single title... And I mean, in her case, every single title in a company and say that they were buried. Um, you may not love the booking, but to say that they were intentionally buried is you don't know what you're talking about. I think people's biggest issue is that it feels like she was playing second fiddle to Oscar when she could have been like a player on her own. Well, yeah, I, w- I was specifically talking about Oscar there, but what I'm saying with Kyrie is, yeah, she could have, she could have been, she could have been on her own. But I think, I think it made both of them more relatable. And to be honest, although Oscar was popular, you sometimes worry with these NXT stars; they don't always translate uh, to the main roster. And I think it was a good place for her. I would have loved to see them feud. And I have a feeling that's where they would have went if this would have not ended abruptly. But, man, it is what it is. Good luck, Kyrie. Love to see you in the future. Uh, but if your plans are as indicated, we probably won't. Probably not at all. Good for her, though, man. Like, go start that family. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I, I want to transition into this, Mike. So, on Monday Night Raw this week, Asuka, who we've just mentioned is fighting Sasha to become the rightful women's champion the week before. Uh, after horror show, Sasha kind of stole the belt uh, in a convoluted finish where Bailey counted the three with her referee shirt on. Uh, the Monday after, Stephanie McMahon appears on the screen and says, Sasha, you didn't win that title. And she said, technically, Asuka, you never really did either. So let's have a title match next week. Eh, seems like kind of old school uh, yeah. WWE booking. Makes sense. I'm all, I'm all for it. So, I I was behind, Mike, as I don't always get to watch Raw in one setting as my work schedule was terrible, and I get up really, really early. So I fall asleep a lot. 
not because it's wrestling, not because it's WWE, because it's just, I'm tired. So I heard all this hate. I found out Sasha won. I heard all this hate. I heard how terrible the angle was and how they did another stupid finish. And then I watched it and I was like, I hate wrestling fans because I don't know what they want. Because as I stated on the show, famously, Sasha and Bailey are doing the best work they've done in their careers. I'm all about them right now. And the way this finish went down, and I'm going to ask you, Mike, did you see it? No, I don't watch Raw. Okay. So this is going to play into what we just spoke of. So they're having, these two women, Asuka and Sasha, are having an absolute fantastic match. Okay, at the start of the match, Kyrie goes after Bailey, and they're brawling and out of the arena. So they're a non-factor, right? Yeah. So you think. So... Asuka and Sasha, cut and dry. If you get a chance, go watch at least the last half of this match to see the finish. And, and I mean, the whole match was very, very good. Almost takeover level between these two, right? And as the match is, as it looks like Asuka's getting the upper hand, the Tron comes on, and Bailey is kicking the dog shit out of Kyrie in the back. And Asuka stops and immediately watches, and Bailey's throwing her into garage doors, slamming her head off a of concrete, off a of gar- garage door. Kyrie actually cries for Asuka twice. And if you're watching and you're into the story, what could, could, could have been considered a heart-wrenching moment, especially when you know she's leaving, right? Yeah. It was very well done. Uh... I won't put it on the level of last week's Keith Lee, uh, Karrion Cross, Donovan Dijak, but kind of, you get the idea. Uh, very well done. And fans were shitting on it. And, and Mike, shitting on the fact that Sasha is now the Raw Women's Champion and Asuka is not. Now, as much as I would love Asuka to have a long title run, I, I don't think she's out of the picture yet, for one. For two, Mike, Weren't we like a year ago talking about how Sasha was underused and her and Bailey should both quit and go to AEW? Weren't we having that conversation on the internet? I mean, we weren't, but weren't we seeing that? Yeah, well, it, Sasha hasn't held a title for a considerable amount of time. But Mike, but but she took it from Asuka, and fuck her, and now they're shoving them both down our throats, Mike. I... Hate fucking wrestling fans, Mike. I hate them. There is no pleasing them. I don't know when it's going to happen, but this is going to happen on the AEW side of things. I've slowly seen things leak in. It's just the fact that wrestling fans are quite possibly one of the most miserable fan bases out there. Yeah, they're never happy. It's a bunch of spoiled children. You, you... You can't give them anything because every time you listen to them, they find another reason to complain about what you're doing. Every time you try something new, well, it's not the new thing they wanted. Every time, every time. And as I've said a million times, that's the point in time where if I'm Vince, I just do what I want because I can't please you anyway. 
it is literally mind-boggling that these two women that fans were saying should leave WWE and go to AEW because there they'll be respected, they'll, there they will get the opportunities that they deserve, are now tag team champions and a Raw and SmackDown champion, and people want to cancel them. Literally, a petition started to get them fired. I'm sure it works out really well. <laughs> Those petitions always do, don't they, Mike? Yeah, I'm sure it's totally not a waste of time. W- will this ever change? Will there ever be a shift to where we can actually enjoy wrestling again? Or is it just the internet's ruined everything? Oh, no, the internet ruined wrestling. It's, it's never coming back. Internet ruined wrestling. Yeah, it, it, it really has. It really has. And this rolls into... Seth Rollins a little bit, uh, you know, he did an interview, uh, let me pull it up here, because I do not want to get this guy's name wrong, uh, he's a good follow on Twitter too, Alex McCarthy at TalkSport, uh, he did an interview with Rollins, uh, I don't know when it drops, it should be soon, but he's put some excerpts out here, but Rollins is, I, I feel bad for Rollins, because I feel like he's always defending shit. Always. Always. Always is defending shit. <laughs> he's talking about the eye for an eye match, okay? And, now, while I wasn't a big fan of the concept, you know, there's a lot of talk, like, here we go, this is, Vince is an idiot, and why would he do this? Why would he approve this? Why would he go with the storyline? This is a quote from Rollins. Ray has been a big part of this whole thing from the very beginning, so I think, say what you will, but there is long-term storytelling if you have the patience and stick around to pay attention. So kudos to you, the fans, if you get that. And he also says, let me see here, Vince wasn't hands-on with that match, as people think think he was. If I'm going to break the fourth wall here, so to speak, it was really 99.9% myself, Rey Mysterio, and Jamie Noble. So, if you hated it, don't blame Vince. Blame Rey fucking Mysterio and Seth Rollins. A legend and a future legend. And apparently Jamie Noble. And Jamie Noble, yeah. So, I mean... You hear so many conflicting things, and... When I read that, it sounds to me like, uh, yeah, obviously everything has to get approved by Vince, so maybe he should have said, ah, let's not do that. But it also sounds like he listened to a legend in Rey Mysterio and, you know, the arguably one of the faces of the company in Seth Rollins, and they thought they had a good idea, and he let them try it. I mean, isn't that what we asked for? That is all we've asked for. Let us try something new. Right, but again, because we didn't all uh, overly love it, 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 it's absolute shit. And I just don't understand it. Rollins also made a point, he said, (laughs) and people are arguing that this isn't the same thing, and I would disagree. If you like the Lake of Reincarnation in AEW, but you hate the eye for an eye match, then where are we really at here? So he's basically saying, if you can forgive and enjoy something that's kind of campy and silly on one show and not on the other? What do I always say, Matt, Mike? Hypocritical. Hypocritical. 
It just happens. Their fans are, and it's like, I'm not even going to say it just happens like with AEW fans. All fans are hypocritical on either side. Either side. So, it's, it's just the problem with the wrestling business. It's not even just WWE and fucking AEW fans. Um, TNA fans are like weirdly hypocritical too. It's, it's odd. Like, TNA fans are talking shit this week about, like, oh, AEW had to sign the WWE leftovers. What? What? Like, <laughs> TNA fans are making fun of AEW for signing... Uh, we'll get into, like, the... We'll get into that later. But, like... Yeah, we will get into that I mean, later. like... Uh, like... Uh, Y'all are really making fun of, like, y'all are really like, oh, I had to get the, a, get the WWE leftovers, and you signed Heath Slater. <laughs> you signed, uh, like, at least AEW signed Zack Ryder. Like, y'all didn't even get the good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm trying to find the post that I wanted to find, and I can't freaking find it. Uh, but this rolls into... Uh, the, the story continued Monday, Mike, with Buddy Murphy uh, putting Aleister Black's eye into the steel steps a la Rey Mysterio. So we're still pushing with this, and this kind of coincides... I think part of the... Th- Part of this whole conversation we're having right now, Mike, is we need to not listen to things we always hear on the internet, and we need to be smarter with our outrage. These stories going around that Alistair Black was... (sighs) In the... I'm trying to think of a way to say it. Not being looked at in a good light by Vince McMahon. Quick question. Quick question. Quick question. Mm Mm-hmm. Why the fuck would he be? Like, 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 really, like, let me step in here on this one, right? Um, Mm -hmm. what, what has Aleister Black done to set himself apart from just another generic tattooed wrestler who eh, is into the dark shit? Like, the dude, there's, I'm sorry, but like, there's nothing fucking special about this guy. Not a single fucking thing. Not a single fucking thing. Like, and I, like, so all this, like, outrage about, like, Vince doesn't believe in him? Well, like, why the fuck should he, man? Like, why? He can't cut a good promo. His promos are all the same. Oh, I'm gonna talk very quietly and very slowly and very intensely. Like, who cares? Who fucking cares, man? He literally looks like he was put together by a fucking 13-year-old emo kid on a wrestling create, <laughs> uh, like, wrestling creative player. His promos kind of fucking suck. And all he does is fucking do kicks. Like, like there's nothing special about this guy at all. At all. And I don't understand why people are so like, oh my god, he's not being used right. Well, how the fuck is he supposed to be used right, guys? How the fuck well, is he supposed to be used right? He was the NXT champion at that, like, interim period time where, like, Adam Cole hadn't quite come up yet. Like, come on, man. The dude was a champion at the same time Andrade was a fucking champion there. 
Like, the, like that was, like, one of the lowest points in NXT. Like, he's just not a fucking draw, man. He's a generic, boring fucking wrestler. And I get it. Like, I get why Vince isn't impressed with him, because I'm not fucking impressed with him. And I've been trying. I've been trying and been trying and been trying. But there ain't nothing about this fucking guy. Nothing about this fucking guy that turns the dial. And, like, I don't see why everyone's so upset right now. I really don't. Well, let me... I'll counter you on one, and this is just my opinion. I agree with almost all of that, but I love his moveset, and I love his finish. Um, I like a, a, a kickboxing or MMA-style moveset, and I think his looks legit, because he is legit. See, I think that's the problem with me. His shit doesn't look legit to me. It just doesn't. It doesn't pass the eye test. No, man, his kick's like... I don't know, man. I just... I just... There's just nothing about him that fucking... Like... Moves the dial for me at all. Well, I... I, the, The point I wanted to make... We'll agree to disagree... Um, but I understand, and I agree with you in the why would Vince, but here's the thing. It was more said that this was all came from a report, uh, from Tom Calhoun, who had basically said that Vince was concerned about his character getting over or being marketable, which, I mean, if you listen... Uh, plug, plug to What Does Dust podcast with uh, Billy Ray Valentine as the guest. You would know that some corners believe that he is a, a Satanist and that he is, you know, into the occult. I mean, his father was an occultist or into the occult. I don't want to speak out of term. He definitely was into the occult. He has occult tattoos, not necessarily the most marketable thing, right? Oh, yeah, except, you know, The Undertaker. Well, yeah, but I I think, I and I don't even think it has to do with that. I think that it comes more along the lines of, how do I want to phrase it? More along the lines of the character work isn't there, and you said as much, right? Yeah. And I don't know if that's his fault. I don't know if that's the writing team's fault. Bottom line. It was rec- it was also reported well like he's clearly being written off TV because Vince doesn't like. So this turned into that that his arm was injured by them the week before. Now his eye was injured. It turned into he's being taken off the TV because Vince hates him. That's what the news converted to. And then Alistair Black puts out on Instagram a picture. It's black and white and eerie like most of his photos. You see his eye is blacked out. You can't really see it. It's actually a pretty cool picture. On that side where there's more shadow, there you see blood coming out of the eye where there's light, and you can make out a devil horn on that side, on his head. And it says, <clears throat> And now I must rewrite four years of my own history by getting rid of that weakness. The same weakness that caused this betrayal. This is where my accountability ends and yours starts. So to me, it sounds more like a character shift, doesn't it? Yeah. To me, it sounds like maybe that thing that might 
make Mike S. interested, right? I mean, I don't, I can't guarantee it, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, maybe. Maybe. So, hey, hey, real fast, uh, sorry to interrupt. Do you know those uh, weird uh, Chevy SSRs that are, look like Jeepy <laughs> Cruisers? Yeah, I hate them. That's really random, yeah, there's but okay. One, there's one parked out front of my house right now, and it's only a two-door. I've never seen that before. No, like, it's the same full size. There's just no doors in the back. Maybe it's the government listening to you. No, nah, man, they're helping the people across the street, do they? I just noticed that. Oh, I thought okay. that, was that really makes way weird, more sense. Man. Just noticed that. I thought that was really <laughs> weird. I thought we needed a little, like, weirdness in the show here, but go ahead, man. <laughs> no, I mean, that, I mean, I just think it's... As fans, we take in content, we take in news. I mean, I follow way too many uh, pages. Probably need to unfollow some at this point. But I, I just think it's... Take everything with a grain of salt. We try to keep it level here. We try to give you valid opinions. That's what most of these people give you anyway, is opinions. And some of them just make shit up. Because they want the clicks, or they want the likes, or they want the listen. Well, that's I, 100% true. And you also have to, you have to think before you leap. You know, you have to weigh things out and see, you know, maybe there's a story being told because it's pro wrestling. That's what we do. Maybe there's an actual reason for what's going on other than Vince is a crazy old man or this guy pissed off someone in the back or this girl pissed off someone in the back. I mean, it, it just, I don't know, man. It, it's as much as I love wrestling and, and as much as I try to enjoy it, the crowdless thing has made it hard. And then when you just see the way fans react, I don't know, man. It gets tough sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the only TV show where people complain this much. Yeah, it really is. And if you haven't, if you haven't listened to our friend Daniel's show with Billy Ray Valentine from the Infinite Fringe and the Conspiracy Horseman and those fun podcasts. Uh, go check it out, man. He, they do a whole two and a half, three hour, uh, shot on a cult in pro wrestling. Um, he'll tell you right off the bat that 99% of it is just fun talk that means nothing. Uh, but where you can make connections if you really look, uh, he doesn't necessarily believe that any of it's legit. Uh, other than he's fully, uh, fully, uh, Fully sure that Alistair Black is a Satanist. I'm still not sure on that one. Um, but anyway, uh, really good stuff. Go check it out. And uh, we're going to play an ad for him right about now. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Hi, this is Daniel. I'm the host of the WID podcast. Well, is it a podcast, though? It kind of started as one, but it became this 
Paranormal Late Night Talk Radio Live Show Podcast, if that makes any sense at all. Are you interested in the ghosts, cryptozoology, UFOs, aliens, government conspiracies? Well, I am, and I'm here to talk about it. I already had pretty amazing guests, like the very controversial David Icke, SMQAI, like Lyle Blackburn, Preston Dennett, Tom Carey, key investigator of the Roswell UFO crash, Freeman Fly, ex-FBI agent and the real Fox Mulder, John DeSouza, Eric Van Daniken, and many others. There's also an Open Lines show every weekend. I try to do this classic old-school radio style, you know, like the good old days, like Art Bell. And I actually have been featured as a guest on Clyde Lewis's Ground Zero, primetime American talk radio. Did you know that a few weeks ago there was a UFO crash in Brazil in a town called Magé? No? Just look for the WID podcast, Was ist das podcast, on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on YouTube, and in all the socials out there. Wanna take a ride? See you on the other side. And it's all about the things that go bump in the night. I'm Clyde Lewis, and this is Was ist das? You are listening to Daniel Grosser. Lord Ketchum, what's your favorite line from a Star Wars movie? Man, why, why you gotta put me on the spot like that, man? No, time? come on, tell me a line from your favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, quick, quick. Use it doesn't force. matter Use what your force. favorite line from a Star Wars movie is. It is. It does. It isn't. Guys, pull over. Well, hey there. We were so busy arguing that we almost passed right by you. Hey, you like movies, don't you? <laughs> no, wait, wait. You love movies, right? Why don't you join me? The Lord Ketchum. And me, Dave King of the Road. And me, the Mayor Matt Logson, every other Tuesday. <laughs> typically every other Tuesday. Yeah, okay, so join us typically every other Tuesday on Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the No Frills Movie Review Podcast. We bring our own unique and in-depth analysis of your and our favorite movies from yesteryear. We may argue. We will f***ing cuss. We absolutely will spoil key scene reveals and plot points. Because we only review movies that are 15 years or older. Typically, we review movies that are 15 years or older. Yeah, typically. Hey, who's making the rules anyway? We better get a move on, fellas. I'm sure there's other hitchhikers that are wandering along the highway waiting for us. You're right. You can catch Nostalgia Highway typically every other Tuesday. On Apple and Google Podcasts. As well as Spotify, Breaker, and where all the other popular podcasts are. But you can also find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast, and our Twitter handle is at HighwayNHP. We'll pick you up next time, out on the highway.
maybe not as creepy as Dexter Loomis, but our friends over at Nostalgia Highway did a fantastic job with their uh, creep show review. Um, I have it downloaded. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I like their show because they just pepper in facts. It, it is fantastic the way they do that. It kind of... It almost is enough to make you... If you haven't seen it, or if you haven't seen it in a really long time, it makes you think like, man, I got all this new info. I gotta go see this. Yeah, and they add... Like, they add... Th- like, they... Like, th- their episode about seven. Mm, it's my favorite episode so far. Just the casting they've talked about in that... Mm-hmm was amazing man it was it was outstanding like they went over so much like different stuff um like who who was up for roles and the people that turned it down uh i'm really looking forward to the information they have on uh creep show yep it is definitely a good time and they even uh they even uh, gave us a little extra shout out when there's a scene in one of the segments of Creep Show where uh, one of the characters is watching wrestling and uh, you can hear Vince McMahon commentary. So how about that? Oh no shit! Yeah, yep. I completely. Uh, I don't even want to say I forgot about it. I don't even know if I ever noticed before. So hey uh, y'all, let's get in- hey y'all. Uh, the new Transformers cartoon debuted on fucking Netflix. There you go. Holy shit. And the Umbrella Academy Season 2 today. Oh my god. It's days like this that make <laughs> me wish I could call off work. Eh, just do it. I should. I don't care about my job anymore. <laughs> That's. I'm such a terrible influence. By the way, guys, uh, for those of you that listen, I complain about my job a lot. I officially decided this week. Um, I don't give a fuck if they fire me anymore. Uh, I don't care. At this point, being yeah. fired, being fired would be a blessing. Your boy has a real nice looking savings account. Uh, <laughs> I can go a few weeks without a fucking job and be fucking gravy. Like it's gonna, like so, like it is crazy. Like just this week, it just like I had just this epiphany where it was just like I don't even care anymore. I don't even give a fuck about this building, this job. I don't care if you fire me. Uh, I'm getting fucking forced to come in this weekend for the fourth fucking week in a row, and oh I decided, and I and I decided I'm not fucking doing that. Um, they can do whatever the fuck they want about it. I don't care. I don't even care anymore. Like, and everyone's <laughs> like, well, "Why don't you? Don't, why don't you just quit?" And I'm like, "What the fuck is the fun in that? It'd be way more fun if like just get fired." So, uh, yeah, that's where we're at with it, man. Just don't give a fuck anymore. I feel you 100%. Uh, let's get into our Wednesday night lineup, Mike. NXT, AEW. On the NXT side, show started with a, I want to say a short, but very, very well done recap. I'll call it a vignette of last week with Keith Lee. Uh, and the involvement of him and the Cross and Dijakovic match. So oh, I saw that. That was we, a great video, by the way. Yeah, and I love that they're using that song 
the end is near. Uh, I believe that was from what Armageddon pay-per-view. They've used that a few times with cross and I think it's so fitting and I love that song. Uh, Really good use of that. So we go right into it, man. Show is kicked off with Tegan Knox and Io Shirai teaming up against Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae. Dude, I can't say this enough, but the women's division in NXT is the best women's division in pro wrestling. Possibly the best division gender neutral period in pro wrestling. Okay. Uh, Slow down. No, I, I stick with that. Uh, cause there's a lot of shining stars and in all the other ones, it's kind of like you have such a top and bottom and no middle. And I feel like NXT has got all three sections, but it's a, that's a debate for another day. Mike, this match was fantastic. Uh, Tegan Knox uh, was able to hit a shining wizard, I believe on LeRae and then, uh, Shri, uh, Io Shirai got the pin. Uh, her moonsault's still one of the most beautiful moonsaults ever. Bleacher Report gave this match an A-. Um, I think that's a fair grade. And then we later on got a interview with Dakota Kai. Oh, by the way, Dakota Kai was walking away uh, when she saw that they were going to lose. Uh, she wasn't going to be able to make it in and break a pinup or anything. And she just walked away and left uh, Candice Ray in there. And then she went in the back and said that she's demanding a championship match because she knows that she is the real number one contender. So I'm sure that will come into play later. Um, we then rolled into Johnny Gargano versus Roddy Strong. This was a, I don't want to say a rematch, but this was because of them losing the triple threat match for the North American title shot before, uh, the week before, um, they wanted to go at each other on their own. And again, I mean, you put Johnny Gargano and Roddy Strong in the same ring, you're going to have magic. Uh, they Bleacher Report again gave this an A-. I would probably bump that up to just a standard A, but I'll take the A- too. That's fine. Uh, Gargano was able to win. Mike, you're going to enjoy watching NXT. Uh, uh, I saw this, ma- saw this match also. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is also a very good match. Yeah, fantastic match. And it led to some fun things backstage. Uh, we see the entire Undisputed Era reunited in the back, Mike, for the first time since COVID. Uh, and Adam Cole was kind of yelling at Roddy for losing. Uh, I'm trying to get this right. Fish is trying to kind of calm them both down. And then uh, O'Reilly comes in and smacks Roddy on the chest and tells him, You are freaking Roddy Strong. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are we doing? What is going on? And they decide it's time for Undisputed Era to get back on top, Mike. That'll, uh... This is a nice little segment also. Yeah, it was really good, and we'll we'll continue that talk in a little bit. So, then we get Shotzi Blackheart versus Mercedes Martinez, uh, representing the Robert Stone brand with Robert Stone and Aaliyah at the ringside. This was not... A great match. Um, I don't know if you saw this one or not. Yeah, I watched this. I don't think it was supposed to be a great match, though. I don't think it was either. Again, this is a story-building match. That being said, I felt like... You can tell me if I'm wrong. 
I felt like these two didn't have much chemistry with each other. Yeah, that... Maybe a, maybe a clash of styles. It wasn't bad, it just wasn't great. Uh, Bleach Report gave it a C+. I think that's a fair grade on this match. Um, but again, we're, we're getting more stuff uh, to kind of further this Robert Stone brand, which I actually am enjoying pretty... Surprisingly, I'm enjoying it, because I didn't think I was going to, and it's actually becoming a favorite of mine right now. Um... I'm not super invested in it, but that's also because I don't watch NXT as much as I should. I honestly think part of the reason I'm enjoying it is because Robert Stone, uh, or Robbie E, is investing on it. It ain't like he's 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 the character all the time. He's on Twitter, you know what I mean. So when you see him post things, it's kind of like when Drake Mavic was doing the 24-7 thing. Like, how you didn't really know or care much about Drake Mavic, but once he started that, it was like one of the coolest things ever kind of deal, where he's walking around, like, chasing our truth putting one of the posters up. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of what I feel like Robert Stone's trying to do, and I think it's working. I- I'm not, I'm not deeply invested in it, I'm just enjoying it. Um, so, next we get a really good promo from Keith Lee responding to Karrion Cross. Uh, and then, of course, Scarlet comes out. I love how they do this thing where Scarlet will come out and then she'll, like, kind of point, not really point, but direct attention to the screen and Cross is always on the screen to talk. I like it. Kind of gives that little bit of mystery to the character. That he's always up there and she's presenting him. It's a neat little wrinkle that I don't know everyone's picking up on, but I really enjoy it. Uh, so he's basically telling, sorry, pronouns pal. Cross is saying he wants, he wants Lee and he wants the title. Um, and Lee is saying, bring your ass out and I will kick it. So, uh, good, good promo, good segment. They gave it a B plus. Um, yeah, whatever. That's fair. It's a promo segment. I don't know how you grade those. Uh, could have used. In, it's just me personally. I could have used Killer Cross having like another kind of fuse before going for like Keith Lee needed like a. Well, he needed one of those Velveteen a, Dream feuds. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Something, well, here's the thing though. I think they both could use a feud in between heading into this. Did you? Well, here's the thing. Did you see William Regal on the show? No. So. I, I want to just, I'll say it because I don't know that's in the notes and I don't want to forget. So later on in the show, William Regal addressed this and he said, Keith Lee, and then he said, and more specifically, Karrion Cross, I will not be bullied into handing out title shots. So I have a weird feeling something might happen to our general manager in NXT. I could be wrong. Um, but it sounds like. If he gets Lee, this might not be for the title, and that might be a sneaky way to uh, to do this without hurting either guy, if that makes sense. Um, even if maybe he starts attacking Lee or something set up to where, you know, it's not going to be a title match, it's not going to even be sh- sanctioned, but they'll have a match and you can give Cross his strong victory and not make him the champ. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So, I don't know, just a thought that crossed my mind. So then we got the re-emergence of the NXT Tag Team Champions, Imperium. Uh, we haven't seen them in a while. And they are versus Ever Rise. So Ever Rise, two matches in a row, and they lose both <laughs> two weeks in a row. I watched this uh, match also. It was a fine match, but again, this wasn't a match to blow your mind. This was a match to set up a storyline. So as uh, Imperium wins in this C-graded match, which again, I think the segment as a whole was better than that because we get... Undisputed Era running out, specifically Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, to uh, attack Imperium. And they're setting their sights on those tag titles again. So I don't know if it's like a last hurrah for Undisputed Era or if maybe we aren't ready to move them yet because we're still in the COVID era. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we've heard the rumors. I don't know. Maybe this is a maybe this is all to get Adam Cole and keep Undisputed Era there and get him out. I don't know. We'll see. But... I'm glad that we see our favorite faction getting to do stuff together again on TV. Yeah, I was pretty excited to see them all come out like that. Yep, absolutely. Then we move into Isaiah Scott versus Jake Atlas. Two cruiserweights. Uh, fun match, man. Fun match. A swerve ended up getting the win. Uh, Bleacher Report gave this a B plus. I think that's fair. Um, man, both these guys have... Uh, I think a very high upside. Uh, of course, they are, I guess, if you want to, I hate to even say it, but you know, on the size stature, like Atlas is bigger than Swerve. Um, you never know when it comes to going out of NXT. But again, you look at NXT, it's a third brand. And if the cruiserweight division, it, as it's stacked in NXT, I mean, I think that's a good spot for it. And hopefully they uh, all get to shine a little bit there. Um, then we move into the main event, Mike. It is our triple threat match, again, for this opportunity at the North American Championship. Finn Balor versus Dexter Loomis versus Timothy Thatcher. Did you watch this match? Yeah, I did watch this match. This was a really good match. Bleach Report gave it a B-. I don't think it's B- level. I'd definitely give it at least a B, if not a B+. Um, I'm a little surprised. I really thought Balor would get this win, but nope. Dexter Loomis pulls the win off by choking out Timothy Thatcher. Uh, cool finish where Thatcher has a, a submission hold on Finn Balor and Loomis creepily sneaks up behind him and puts his sleeper hold style, uh, uh, finisher on him and he just completely passes out, which of course Finn's escapes. But it's too late because the ref called it, and Loomis is the winner. So right now, in this five-person ladder match, we have two completely, quote-unquote, new faces in Bronson Reed and Dexter Loomis, man. And you know what? I'm all about that. Um, I like that Dexter Loomis won this. He's got, he's got like, a weird potential and charisma he's, about him. He definitely has a weird charisma. The way he like, it, climbs around the ring. Um, mm -hmm. Also, Timothy Thatcher. Um, I like the way that guy moves in the ring also. He moves with like a... Yeah. Uh, he moves with a like, determination. Like no wasted yep. movements. It's... Uh, yep, absolutely. It's an interesting character trait. And also, these two guys are like, to me, 
like the quintessential like NXT. Um, hey, here's some guy that you've never heard of ever, but we're gonna push him, and he's got talent, and we believe in him. So here you go. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. Like I like that there's like like the like NXT just pretty regularly is just like, hey, here's some guy you've never heard of, but here he is, and we're pushing him. And you're like, okay, cool, and you just roll with it. Yeah, no, I'm with you, I'm with you. Um, Overall, man, I give the show an A, man. It was a solid episode of NXT. Uh, Really kept my attention. And once again, Mike, man, I am doing a good job with this. I watched the other channel. Oh, wow. So I'll let you take over the lead, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll throw my jabs in. <laughs> so we open with a 10-man tag. Uh, the Inner Circle taking on the best friends and, um, you know, the, the fucking Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. Marcus Stunt was not invited to take part, which cooled right on. He shouldn't have been. But unfortunately, um, he was still out there. He was still out there. This match was, <laughs> um,. Not terrible. For a 10-man tag. Uh, this was a fairly decent match. Everyone got their spots in. Um, they get the win after Matt Hardy uh, interferes and allows Luchasaurus to get the win on Sammy Guevara with the Dino Choke Slam. Uh... As far as an opening match, this is pretty much what you want from an opening match, you know. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna compare both opening matches, and this one didn't even come close to the women's tag match on the other channel. I didn't actually watch the women's tag match on the other channel, so I can't. This uh, this is that. see this is this is one of my biggest. I feel like, I don't know if I said this last week on the show, every time I start to really like AEW, they do something or have something or say something online that makes me take another step back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And I wouldn't say this is this extreme, but like, okay, so I was watching this after work uh, Thursday, and my son, my son, who's five, if you're not aware... Uh, I know you are, but I mean everyone else, uh, does not watch AEW. He watches Raw, he watches NXT, he watches Bray Wyatt on SmackDown. Um, but he doesn't watch AEW. But we haven't watched wrestling together since the horror show, so when I turned it on in the living room, he was pretty excited to watch some, as he calls them, Goldbergs, right? Yeah, I love that he still calls wrestling Goldbergs. Yep, and... We're sitting here watching this match, and he, lit, a five-year-old, looked up at me and said, "Well, how do you tag in this match, Daddy?" And I looked at him and I said, "I don't even know, son. I don't even know." You just smack someone on the back. But they didn't. It was just ten dudes all over the place. No psychology. Oh yeah, at there was, all. There was no psychology to this match. This match was a fucking train wreck. <laughs> It confused my son so much that he was watching it, asked me that question, said, who's the dinosaur? 
I said, that's Luchasaurus. He looked at me and said, I like Luchasaurus, and he walked out of the room. <laughs> so, and I know, technically, AEW isn't for the kid crowd, because that's what WWE is for, right? But, like, you had a five-year-old call your shit out. Who's, I, I mean, a five-year-old understands the tag rules better than the actual wrestling company. It, it, I don't know. It just, it made me go, hmm. It just made me go, hmm. <laughs> and then all that, all that, ma- all that, all that craziness in that match to end with Matt Hardy pushing someone off the top turnbuckle. I, it just seemed right. really convoluted. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get into tag team rules later on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so, we got a John Moxley promo. I, uh... uh... How should I put this? Why exactly did you have to quit being Dean Ambrose again? Because... <laughs> because I'm going to be real. Other than the word bitch being included in this this could have been any fucking old Dean Ambrose promo hmm. I mean like Dean Ambrose wearing the jeans uh, not specifically uh, Shield debut Dean Ambrose when he was look like it's really funny because he calls himself John Moxley now but like he ain't been John Moxley since the first six months of the Shield. Since the Shield broke up the first time, he has not been John Moxley. And now he's John Moxley again, but he's just Dean Ambrose with curse words and blood. Like, he's. And I know we've only had two AEW champions, but goddamn, he's been the weakest champion they've had yet. He's been. Uh. I'm so uninvested in this championship run that I find it, like, almost shocking. Like, this dude is boring. 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 Which is weird, because he's not boring, because I watch him in New Japan where he's the U.S. champion, and he's uh, entertaining some bitch. So I don't understand what's going on anyway. He's not happy with Brian Cage and Ricky Starks for beating up poor little Darby Allen. So they're going to have a match later. <laughs> Which brings us to something I very much want to talk about. Cody Rhodes defending the TNT Championship against Warhorse. Uh, so... Online, for the last two days, all I've seen is how impressive Warhorse looked. And all I can say is, I was so unimpressed that it started to make me question if I even really understand wrestling anymore. (laughs) Because I watched this match and was like, okay, well, that was a wrestling match. Not taken away from it. I'm not saying it was terrible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
but um did I miss something like did you watch this match correct yep so so did I miss something was there something that this dude did that was spectacular that uh is like it was a 15 minute okay wrestling match and everybody's talking about this guy like he's the fucking second coming of i don't know whatever indie darling you want to fucking pick and like i just i just don't get it and like no disrespect joe but like i saw your comment where you were like some sit-ups and some better face paint and this guy's a future star what like, like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I don't see it, man. I don't see it. And I need you to confirm with me that maybe I, like, like, am I wrong? Or was this just, like, was this just, like, where is, I don't get it. I don't get it either, my man. I, I was so I, unimpressed with this guy. I, I didn't, I mean, he, this is going to sound mean as hell but you know what man it just seemed like a he just seemed like a wwe jobber to me man he seemed like a fucking indie wrestler that wasn't ready for the big time yet yeah yeah i yeah i don't get it either man you're i don't think you're wrong i i'm in a hundred percent agreeance with you i didn't i didn't get it i didn't know so when I saw the hype, I was actually kind of excited to watch. And then I watched and I was like, okay, uh, and this guy was great because. Right. And I've been hearing about this dude. I don't have time. To, like, here's the thing. I feel like when we started this show last week, I'd have been like, yo, War Horse is going to be on next week. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I don't, now here we are two years in, and I don't have the time to keep up with in, independent wrestling like I used to. Um, I used to watch, shit, remember when we started this? I watched six, seven different fucking indie, or uh, total wrestling, like, federations and companies. Like, I just, I watched, like, three now. Um, two and a half. Uh, so I feel like this dude is in my wheelhouse for like things that I would be excited about, but, and I was excited, but like, holy shit, man, that was just, that just, the whole match, and it's like, it's not even just him, it goes for Cody too. The whole match reeked of amateurism. Yeah, Cody was very unimpressive in this match. The whole match. Just was amateur as fuck, man. And well, and and here's something I want to say too. Could you imagine? This goes back to the hypocrisy I'm always preaching about. Could you imagine if uh, John Cena had his U.S. Open challenge and they brought indie guys in for him to bury every single week? Oh yeah, they'd flip the fuck out. Oh, Cena burying him. Cena burying another one. Which is weird. WWE Vince and Cena killing the independent scene. Because you actually got Triple H of AEW burying people. 
Right? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's literally what's happening. And he's not burying them. Because, like, don't get me wrong. They're not supposed to fucking win, right? Right. He's not burying them. They're fucking indie wrestlers no one's ever heard of. And I don't mean, like, obviously I know people hurt, I've heard of them. But, like, let's talk about, like, in the grand scheme of things. Like, who the fuck the is... Most who the most people haven't heard of them. is Ricky Starks? And who the fuck... First of all, who the fuck is Brian Cage? Okay? Um, right. Right. Like, and I'm not saying that, like, out of disrespect. Like, who the fuck are Mike and Mike? Um, I'm just <laughs> saying, like, you're asking us to care about things, like, in a way that... You're asking us to care about these dudes, like, we should care if, like... Oh... Let's say... Let's say, like, you're asking us to care about these dudes in the same way we should care if, like, Big E showed up to answer this challenge. Yeah. And, like, why? Why? Like, well, Brian Cage is a former Impact Champion. Well, what did he fucking do? So is Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> and I'm not saying no, that as, like, you, a, a woman's held your title because she's a hell of a worker, but, like, so fucking what? So was, so was, uh, dude that got fired from NXT. Um, like, like, uh, whose name I can't even remember. That feuded with Tessa Blanchard. Like, you, I like, like, these oh, are. Sammy Callahan. Yes! Yes! These are fucking nobodies. Fucking nobodies in the grand scheme of things. And again, no disrespect, cause we're fucking nobodies in the grand scheme of fuck up wrestling podcast things. But, like, this would be, like, this would be, like, us showing up on fucking one of, uh, you know, um. Conrad's show yes, and being a big deal. Would, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This would be, like, us showing up on one of Conrad Thompson's shows and them trying to be, like, got the mics, Mike, they got the mics on mics from the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast in here with us this week, Bruce. And Bruce acting like we fucking matter. When we don't, because it's Bruce fucking Pritchard and Conrad Thompson. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And it's I'm like, totally with so he's you. not squashing these people, either giving them like, like the fucking exposure they need. But man, quit fucking like, quit telling, quit like pissing on my leg and telling me it's raining. To quote Judge Judy, because like I ain't with <laughs> it, man. I ain't with it. And I'm not saying these guys don't have to. Ricky Starks, I, I enjoyed the fuck out of the Ricky Starks match. Didn't think Cody needed to split his fucking head open during it. But hey, whatever. And at least we can give props to Cody this week for keeping all his fluids in his body. Yeah, we saved that for later. Um, so after the match, when Cody obviously fucking wins, uh, we get, um, the Dark Order shows up. I don't... Okay. So when the Dark Order showed up, were you like, why the fuck are these guys out here? Yeah, I didn't really understand it. And, and because there's nothing to understand about it. Because the they just needed a couple motherfuckers in the ring to beat up Cody so that uh, Matt Cardona could come out and make the save. And it's like, they're like, mm -hmm. oh my god, it's Matt Cardona! 
I think Matt Cardona is an awesome dude, right? I really, really do, man. I enjoy his podcast. I enjoy his YouTube shit. I think Matt Cardona is an awesome dude. But Matt Cardona... Matt Cardona... (laughs) Matt Cardona... And I'm not comparing them now because... um, I... Sean Spears, as you know, is one of my favorites, right? Matt Cardona showing up was the same as when Sean Spears showed up, except with, like, 12 years more mileage on his fucking body. <laughs> Here, I, I that's think, like, that's like, this is funny I was just because... like, oh, man, it's Matt Cardona. Holy shit. Oh, dial changer. Oh, no. Hey, like, I think Matt Cardone is going to do great in this company. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But here, here mm-hmm. we go. But okay, here's something you, first of all, you have this nonsensical dark order. They've never feuded with Cody or fucking had a crossword. But you got them coming out. Just so he can come out and have, like, a clear house and make him look like a tough guy. Um, or, just hear me out. You could have had him answer the open challenge. Which makes way more sense. Which makes way more sense. Would have had history between him and Cody. Probably would have been a better match because say whatever about how the dude got treated in WWE. The motherfucker can wrestle. Um, and it would have been like... I know a lot of people were excited to see Warhorse, but I think like those same people would have been excited to see Matt Cardona. And I would have also, like, oh, fuck yeah, Matt Cardona out here answering this challenge. Hell of a way to debut this guy. So, yeah. I feel like, beginning to end, soup to nuts, this was a fucking, uh, this segment, match, post-match, the whole entire segment was just fucking weak, man. It was just fucking weak. Like, and it was just... This is just, like, one of, like, the problems that AEW has. Is, like, sending you motherfuckers out to the ring and telling you they're important. And they're not. And then following it up with something that could have been cool, but, like, wasn't. And, like, for no reason. There's just no pointless and, reason. Like, it's just, everything's and, just and now done. possibly... Go ahead. Yeah, and now possibly took the steam out of, you know, Matt Cardona showing up. Yeah, we're gonna have to see where this goes. We're gonna have to see where this goes. And hopefully, I hope this dude's a heel, man. Like, like, we need some different, like, I don't, and I'm not, I'm sure he's not gonna be out here like broski or whatever, but I can't imagine that Matt Cardone is gonna be a whole lot different than Zack Ryder. No, and, and here, <laughs> again, it's funny. And I, I have to, I have to get this just because I thought it was such a, spot on and it kind of goes to your whole Sean Spears he's Sean Spears uh, statement because it it goes into the fan hypocrisy again that I constantly bring up but our uh, our friend rest in peace New Age Insiders Jason was arguing with someone about this online and said you AEW marks are acting like Scott Hall just stepped over the guardware guardrail it's fucking Zack Ryder right 
Right. And not only that, like, and it's, that's how they act about everything, man. Warhorse coming out. Oh, holy shit, man. Holy shit. Dude, it's like fucking, like, he comes out and everybody acts like this dude's Brian Danielson. Yep. <laughs> Goddamn Tyler Black just showed up. Like, like, no, that's not what happened. And then you followed up and Zach fucking Ryder. And it's, it, that's the perfect way to put it. Acting like Scott Hall just climbed through the ropes and said, hey, yeah, you don't know why I'm here. <laughs> and we don't know why he's here. That's another thing. Yeah. Could have gave like a little bit of something. I don't know. Like, you know, I'm sure he's going to fucking finally talk next week. But I don't know. I just thought it was a lackluster debut, and they're so like, Matt Cardona! Oh my gosh, Matt Cardona! Anyway, all outs on my birthday. Uh, What's that? I said, anyway, all outs on my birthday. Oh, there you uh, go. Um, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega take on the Dark Order of Uno and Stu Grayson. I fucking love Uno. I miss when Uno ran the Dark Order. Uh, <laughs> like, I really do. Somehow these guys... You know what's crazy? Is I found out... Wednesday night... That Uno and Grayson... Are the number one contenders of the tag team title... And they're 8-0... and This year as a tag team... And I don't remember seeing one fucking match they've wrestled. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say, Mike? So they went 8 and 0 on AEW Dark. Right on. Cool. Uh so obviously we know that they're not getting the win. Um hit the buckshot V trigger combo on Uno. Brody Lee. Oh yeah, by the way, Brody Lee and Cole Cabana. And Anna J were out. Uh, Colt was on commentary. He was explaining his side of like being part of the Dark Order. He's not really part of mm-hmm. Dark Order. He's more just like, uh, you know. He reminds me of. Did you ever watch Sons of Anarchy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You remember the dude that they had that uh, was like did their accounting? Uh, <laughs> Ch- Chucky that had like the yeah. masturbation problem. It's like, yes. it's like he was part of the group, but he wasn't like part of the group. Uh, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. I think that's a so, pretty good, uh... so Colt Cabana is the, uh, habitually masturbating accountant of the Dark Order. Anna yeah, Jay was out. She's apparently part of the Dark Order now for real, for real. She just stood there silently and like did not move at all. It was real weird and kind of rapey. Uh, without like any, well, it it was like a. It is the dark order. Yeah, like these dudes can't not give off rapey vibes. Um, so after the match, he ushers them out of there, and then, uh, basically, there's just a bunch of motherfuckers in dark order mass show up and go in to jump them. But, um, the young bucks come down and get in the ring with them. Uh, so they. Uh, start to fight the Dark Order goons, and FTR comes in and runs them off. So, we're continuing this storyline. 
Diamante took on Hikaru Shida. I did not watch this match because I do not watch women's terrible. matches. Uh, the, yeah, of course it was. It's an AEW women's match. It's not that I don't watch women's matches. I bet you would think that if you just listened to this episode and how I said I skipped the NXT women's match. But that was because like, I was very tired and I was just trying to get to Roddy Strong and uh, Gargano and the Triple Threat. Uh, so post that. Okay, so they further clarified this women's tag team thing, which I think was a smart idea on their part. Because last week we were like, you got like two women's tag teams. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? So they're doing a deadly draw. Uh, which I think is the best possible way they could have gone about doing this. Yeah, I this, would agree. This is super interesting. Now you don't have to have teams. You're going to be able to build storylines coming out of this with people getting paired together that necessarily wouldn't want to be paired together. Uh, so they're backstage talking to Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero about it, and we get our second debut of the night. Mike, if you thought that Zack Ryder was going to move the knob, this next person's going to break the dial off completely. Yeah, the other way. <laughs> I shit you not, Mike, and I, not you, because you know, you watched it. They literally paraded Funkadactyl Cameron, probably the worst female of the last decade and a half that WWE has produced. We're talking about the chick that when Stone Cold said, name your favorite WWE match, she said, an Alicia Fox match. We're talking about the same woman that tried to pin Naomi while Naomi was laying on her face and chest and yelled at the ref, counter, count, and the ref said, she's not on her back. Uh, we're talking about this woman. I guess her name's Ariana now. Right on. It doesn't matter. Uh, so she cuts into Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero and is like, yo, all you need to know is I'm in this tournament. And you're right. All I did need to know is that you're in this tournament. Tells me everything I need to know. Right there. Everything I need to know about this tournament. Yup. Is, has been said to me. I fully <laughs> get it. Everything I need to know about this tournament. I know now. Uh, and that is, stay far away from it. Far. Far, far away from it. Because Britt Baker's not in it, so what's it matter? <laughs> uh, back from commercial, we have MJF giving his state of the, I don't know, wrestling in 2020 address. Um, they paraded him out like it was a presidential campaign, like he had a podium and signs, a whole entourage. Uh... This promo was fucking fire. Yeah, it was pretty damn good. He cut a promo on John Moxley as the champion, calling him a dictator, and uh, this shit was amazing. Look, um, I'm not a wrestling booker. I don't. I'm, I think we all are aware that I'm just a fucking guy. 
But, uh, I tell you what, man, you've got two guys right now, MJF and Hangman Page, that are on the fucking precipice of stardom. Um, like, I mean, and I don't just mean, like, stardom, I mean, like, legit wrestling superstardom. Uh, if I was in charge of this company... I would be figuring out how we can move these two guys into an angle. Um, and it needs to be for the title. Like, what they need to do is figure out, like, we've always heard about WrestleMania was booked backwards, you know? You, mm-hmm. this is what we were gonna, which, this is, that's old school. It's, everything changes week to week now. But, old school was, this was our match at WrestleMania. How do we get there? And I would figure out when you need these two guys to come together in a collision. And I would figure out how to make them the biggest fucking stars you can by the time you get there. Because, uh, these are the future players in this company. Like, these two guys, like, when I watch this promo and I watch Adam Page, uh, his work this week, all I could think was, one day these guys are going to be the Rock and Austin of this fucking company. And if you can, if they've got chemistry together, like, th- like these two guys can be the foundation of this company for the next decade. They really can. Because let's be real. Uh, Cody, Cody's openly said he only wants to wrestle for five more years. Kenny Omega... Let's be real, that dude spent his best time in New Japan. You've got two guys yeah. right now, though, that could be... And I'm not going to call them homegrown stars, because in the reality of modern wrestling, there's not really any such thing as a homegrown star anymore. I think WWE is the only company that is going to have homegrown stars, and that's because they take people... They sign people right away, right? And I mean, like, like, take it like a Baron Corbin. Say whatever about his star factor. You can like him, not like him, right? That dude came right out of the NFL. They got a hold of him, and they created him and molded him into what he is. They're doing the same with Timothy Thatcher. They're doing the same with Dexter Lewis. Those are those types of guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think New Japan also does the same thing. All Japan also does the same thing. But that's because that's more of an insulated market. Uh... But as far as, like, AEW, where they hire from, they're not going to have homegrown stars, ever. Um, they're going to have guys that they got already formed, and then they put the finishing touches on. Darby Allen. Uh, but, like, Paige and MJF are the same type. MJF was doing the same basic work in uh, MLW that he's doing now. I mean, he's obviously elevated his game to a better degree, but he, the, the seeds were there. Hangman Page been all over the fucking place. But these two guys could be your, like, the stars that you create. And, uh, I tell you what, I, I have, I have, 
I have zero doubts that MJF is going to lose against John Moxley. But you could come out of this feud with him looking like a top level main event guy. Yeah. And I think they really need to like start working on that. Same with Paige. Speaking of Paige, um, so, oh no, my bad, speaking of Paige, that's a little bit later. Uh, I really thought that was next. Nope, Darby Allen. Uh, so anyway, the MJF challenged Mox to match it all out for the title. So we got uh, Darby Allen and John Moxley taking on Brian Cage and Ricky Starks in a tornado tag team match. Uh, eh, eh, and actually no, <laughs> we should have gone to, uh, we left a part out of this, uh, we'll get back to it, because I kind of want to speak on it, anyway, so we got them having a fucking match, uh, thumbtacks, dumb shit, uh, I'll be real, I just... Huh. They really like to bleed on this show. Yes, man. Yes. There's just, like, all the time, like, unnecessary, like... Over-the-top violence for the sake of over-the-top violence. And I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. The match itself, I love a good tornado tag match. It's my favorite kind of tag team match. Um, the match itself wasn't terrible, but, um, you know, it's just a bit much sometimes that we, this is like the answer for everything always. And then commentary told us that John Moxley will defend the world title against Darby Allen next week. Who was the number five contender but gets the title shot? It's just so weird to me how they do things. Um, <laughs> I, I, the match, like I said, the match was fine. It was a fine match. Um, I find most, like, Ricky Starks, I really do think Ricky Starks is a very good worker. Uh, dude's a hell of a wrestler. Brian Cage. For what Brian Cage is and has to do, I think he's, uh, decent. You know, like, it's just kind of boring, man. It's just kind of a boring match. Um, the segment we skipped, FTR, contract signing. For the tag team titles. They brought Arn Anderson in as their tag team specialist to look over the contracts. They will be using the tag rope, but only for them. And I, I saw an interview, heard a podcast where they specifically have said, like, we don't care if anyone else follows tag team rules, but we will be following tag team rules. Hagman Page comes in at the end. He's like, oh, you guys signed it? Cool, right on. Let's have a drink. It was a good, entertaining little segment. I liked it. I yeah, it was think a good segment. 
I like R and B in there for them. I like R and B in there for them. I I'm curious where this is all going because I like the chemistry they have with Hangman Page. Uh, I do think Page and uh, them and Sean Spears would be an excellent little four man faction. But now it seems like maybe that's going to be more of a Cody thing. I'm not sure what's going on with it, but I am very interested to see how this all moves forward. And I am very much looking forward to this tag team title match. Yeah, no, I think that is it. Did they sign for a title match or was it them signing to AEW? Because I was confused on that. No, they were signing a tag team title match. Which will be when? I would guess all out. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm all for it. Uh, I think it should be a fantastic match. Uh, I mean, on paper. It already is, so we'll see. I, um, I mean, if I'm if that's an all-out match, that's probably with where they're leading, the match that I would be the most excited for. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, I honestly, it would probably be smarter them to win the title with that too. Um, you need Page and Omega back in the singles. Division. Also, Kenny yeah, Omega no, I, just I needs agree. to like Kenny Omega. I'm constantly. I use this uh, on this show from time to time. The movie The Incredibles. Uh, it's like my favorite <laughs> Pixar movie, but there's a scene in it towards the end of the movie. There's this little neighbor boy who lives next door to the Incredibles. Crazy shit's been fucking popping off left and right. And so the kid's just like hanging out out front. Mr. Incredibles like, what are you doing? And the kid looks at him and goes, I don't know, waiting on something amazing to happen. And that's how I feel about like Kenny Omega and AEW. What are you doing? I don't know, I'm just waiting on something amazing to happen. I thought this was fucking Kenny Omega. Like, I thought, I thought Kenny Omega was in this company, just waiting on him to do something amazing, and he's not. <laughs> and I'm starting to wonder if he's going to. Yeah. I don't know, man. I like, don't. I, like, I want to, like, poke him with a stick, like, and be like, do something. Like, he just, you're... <laughs> You know you're Kenny Omega, Just right? That meme. <laughs> That's exactly what I was talking about. Like, like, does he know he's Kenny Omega? I don't even know anymore, man. I don't, I don't know, and I don't have, I don't have that answer. It's okay. So, so he doesn't. <laughs> so he, so he doesn't. <laughs> Because that's what it seems like. Like, he really doesn't know that he's Kenny Omega anymore. Or he does. I don't know. Fuck it. But anyway, (laughs) that was AEW Dynamite this week. Again, not like a great... Not like a great... Yeah, I I think it was mildly better than last week, but 
you know, just mildly. It yeah, was and, what it was. well, because it's like their good shows are so good, and then they're like their bad shows are bad. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. Mike, is there anything else you want to say to these fine, fine people? Um. Oh yeah, man. Push cut Barry, bud. Push. There we go. Cut. I was waiting. Barry. All right. Push cut Barry. Who are we doing? Push cut Barry. We're going to do tag teams this week. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Uh. Mm-hmm. What? Viking Raiders. Okay. FTR. Okay. Uh. Young Bucks. Go. I already know how it's going to go. You do know how it's going to go? I know. I have a feeling what you're going to pick. Push, cut, bury. Viking Raiders, Young Bucks, and FTR. Man. I'm going to... (laughs) I'm going to... Push FTR. I'm going to cut Viking Raiders. I'm going to bury the Young Bucks. That's exactly what I thought you were going to do. (laughs) I think of those teams... FTR has the biggest upside to a longer road ahead of them, if that makes any sense at all. I think they have more time on their bump card, and they have the better upside of those three teams. For me, personally. Um, I love... I love the Viking Raiders. I love FTR. I like the Young Bucks. I don't necessarily... I, as we stated, I stated on the show, I like the Young Bucks in multi-team, multi-man matches. Like, six-man, four-man. Oh, they're fucking amazing in, multi- in, like, huge tag matches like that. When it's... when it's Or if it's, like, a four-team four tag match. Anytime there's more than just two other guys in the match, I think they shine. When it's just tag matches, I think they're a very good tag team, but not... I'm sorry. I know there's this debate that they're the greatest tag team in the world. I'm sorry. I still think the Usos are the greatest tag team in the world right now. I just think they're better. I do. The Usos, I think but, the Usos are uh, underrated and just an amazing tag team. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, no, that's my push cut Barry, and I'm I don't I don't even think I questioned this one. No, I it was a little solid. easier for me. It was a solid one. It was a solid one. <laughs> Everyone, thanks for listening, and be sure to check out our friends at Nostalgia Highway, uh, our friend Daniel at What Does Dos, and do us a favor. I haven't said this in forever. Go on iTunes, give us a review, five stars preferably. Do, do what Dave Meltzer never does. Give five stars. Uh, write a little review if you can. Tell everyone how awesome we are. 
and share this with your friends. Guys, I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. New episodes of Drive-By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive-By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network.